1: Let's talk some Stanley Cup playoffs right now. Uh, The guy who was a part of uh, yesterday's 4-1 win, a big part of yesterday's 4-1 win over the Detroit Red Wings. He's in Detroit for games three and four. Patrice Bergeron joins us on the AT&T Hotline. Hey, Patrice, how are you?
2: Good, how are you guys
1: doing? We're doing great, thanks. How is uh, sunny, beautiful Detroit today? (laughs) It's
2: good. The is pretty nice right
1: now. Was uh, yesterday a little more representative of how you think the Bruins team should play and how they should look?
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's the way we want to play. That's the way we need to play if we want to have success. And uh, it was a little bit more like uh, our style, and we established uh, a little bit more our pace. And uh, you know, we got the result that uh, we, we wanted. I mean, uh, every time we we seem to be doing that. That uh, it shows in scoring and shows in uh, on both sides of the rink. So uh, we're gonna keep doing that. Definitely, we're playing a a great team. So we're gonna make sure uh, we're ready for tomorrow because I want to you know bounce back from that second game so uh tomorrow's going to be a big game again
1: you know I have to ask as as great as you guys looked and as as great as you started yesterday what happened Friday where was it Friday
2: well I mean they they we're playing a good team it wasn't necessarily our, our best efforts uh, overall but uh, you know it's going to be tight uh, a tight series of tight, tight games and uh, I think it's gonna be like that, uh you know on the offense gonna be we have to work really hard to generate some offense and get some chances and really fight to get to the front. But uh, on our end, it's going to be the same thing for them. I think it's uh, you know we're playing some tight defense. It's the playoffs, and um, you know we we got to make sure we're ready for for, uh, for for those type of games.
0: You know, Patrice, you always get credit for being one of the best two-way players in hockey, uh, and another guy like that is uh, on the Red Wings, Pavel Datsyuk. What are some of the challenges when you're matched up with a guy like that? What are you thinking about going into a game against him?
2: Well, you always know, got to be aware where where he is on the ice He's definitely a great uh, a great player at both sides, but also uh, on the offense. I mean, he's going to you know make something happen out of nothing, and uh, that's why you can't really take uh, well you can't take a shift off, and you need to make sure uh, you know where uh, his linemates are on the ice because he's he definitely uh, can find them. Uh, so it's, it's, I guess that's the challenge. And uh, and on our side, it's both creating some, some offense, and sometimes it's, it is the best defense when you're uh, you're able to have them in, uh, in their zone for, for the full
0: shift. What do you think makes him so difficult? I mean, I know a lot of people talk about how, how tough he is to move off the puck. Is, is that what it is, or is it the creativity? I mean, if you had to narrow it down for him and, and, and talk about his greatness, what would it be that jumps out?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I would go with um, his, his uh, hockey IQ. I think his, his smarts on the ice is uh, his excellent. And, uh, you know, I think that you uh, can see the play happen before it actually happens. So, uh, you know, you need, definitely need to make sure, you, uh, you know, you play him tight. And he is strong on the puck. He is strong on his stick. So uh, every play is, um, every loose puck, I guess, uh, you need to make sure you bear it down every time.
1: Patrice, I've said it on the telecast, but I don't count. Your general manager, Peter Chiarelli, and your coach, Claude Julien, have both said, this is the best season you've ever had in the NHL. What do you think?
2: I don't know. I mean, I, I'm definitely trying to get better each and every year. I feel like this year I've, uh, I've improved. and I'm definitely in the goal-scoring department, and uh, that's, that's always good. But I think I'm, I'm always trying to work on my two-way game. That's that's the most important part of, uh, for myself, and uh I'm trying to help the team to win as much as I can. So, I mean, uh, um, you know, it's it's nice to hear. That being said, I hope uh, there's more to come.
1: Your your teammates have said that you could be a 30 or even 40-goal scorer almost any time you want, but you do worry uh, a lot about the other end of the ice. Do you feel that you put more of an effort into the offensive end of the ice this year, maybe, than you have recently? Uh, I wouldn't say that necessarily. I think... um, The play came,
2: uh, you know, fucking on my stick. I get the bounces that you know I don't always get, and uh, it's one of those things you know. Luck is sometimes part of the game also, and uh, it was nice to get. But that being said, I think uh, I'm uh, I'm always gonna play uh, play kind of defense first type of type of hockey and try to um, you know replays get the right spot, right spot at the right time and. and and go for positioning instead of just uh, cheating on the offense, and uh, and I'll get rewarded uh, that way.
0: You know, uh, Dale made a reference to uh, your your teammates, and, and your coach and the general manager talking about this being your best season. Uh, give us a sense of what your what your off season was like. I know you had uh, a lot of injuries playing in the Stanley Cup Final. Were you able to uh, work a lot in the off season, or was it was the off season all about recovery for you?
2: Yeah, uh, lots of my off-season uh, last summer was uh, was recovery. You know, trying to um, you know recover from uh, from all the injuries that I've had uh, uh, at the end of the game, while of the uh, the finals there. So uh, it was uh, a different summer in that matter. Obviously, I couldn't work out and and get ready and get in the, in the same shape that uh, I would have liked. But uh, you know, I, I thought it went pretty well. Uh, the start of the year was a little slower, but. Um, I thought, I, you know, I felt pretty good uh, after a little bit, and uh, and I got going. And uh, overall, I guess uh, it went pretty well.
1: Tell me what kind of emotional lift you guys got yesterday from the Justin Floric goal in the first period, and what it did to your bench.
2: Yeah, it, it helped like, Give us uh, a huge lift. I mean, uh, anytime you're able to score the first goal, it's always it's always big. You can get the momentum right away. And I thought we had some. Uh, some good shifts even before that, so it was nice to, uh, to finally get rewarded and get that, uh, that bounce.
0: Hey, Patrice, I don't know if you can hear it, it's loud where we are because we're at, uh, we're, we're pretty close to the finish line of the Boston Marathon, and I know uh, there's so many, there's so many emotions for, for different people, but for you guys last year, one of the first events that happened post-marathon, one of the great moments was the crowd singing the national anthem. Uh, what are your thoughts a year later uh, about Marathon Monday today, and some of the things you've seen in Boston in the past year?
2: Yeah, I mean it was definitely um, uh, really, really a sad moment uh, when it happened, and uh, and to be able to, uh, to to be there at that game against Buffalo, you know, that first game back, and uh, and and see the uh, the crowd uh, singing the national anthem together, and, and really seeing the whole community uh, coming up as a whole, and. And, and help, helping out one another uh, uh, was something very special to see. And uh, um, like I said, we've tried to, uh, to I guess, you uh, put a lift up the, the people's spirits uh, for for two hours in a, in a matter of a game uh, uh, to try to change people's mind. But that being said, uh, uh, it was uh, it was a horrible event. But uh, I thought uh, the Boston strong and the city really rally up and. Uh, and showed some uh, some true character, which is uh, not surprising for for Bostonians.
1: On a uh, Sunday morning recently, you and Zdeno Chara represented the Bruins at a uh, photo opportunity right here at the finish line, right where we are. And uh, they said afterwards nobody wanted to leave. The Globe photographer said everybody wanted to just hang around and be with each other after that.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, it was a special moment, special picture for sure, and uh, it was just great to be part of it. Um, uh, definitely, I'm sure it was. It wasn't a. It wasn't easy for everyone, even for myself, just to be there at the, at the finish line with uh, with with what with what happened last year. But it was uh, it was nice to, I guess, uh, put an end to that and put some uh, positivity and uh, towards uh, this year's uh, marathon. And uh, it was uh, a pretty neat uh, morning, I guess, in, in picture.
1: Final question from me. Um... Do you think you've got one of the best goaltenders in the National Hockey League, if not the best goaltender in the NHL?
2: Yeah, I think we have the best, uh, no question about it. I think, uh, too, because he's improving uh, from year to year, which is scary. And I think uh, right now he's he's playing some some amazing hockey, and uh, he's had a terrific year. I hope he's going to win the Vizna trophy, and um, I think he deserves it. And uh, he carries that on right now in the playoffs.
1: Patrice, we always appreciate the time talking hockey with you. Best of luck in game three tomorrow night, and thanks for taking a few minutes back home here.
2: My pleasure. Thank you very much.
1: Take care. That is uh, Boston Bruins forward Patrice Bergeron joining us from Detroit, where the Bruins play the Detroit Red Wings in game three and four. He reminds me so much of Ray Bork in this regard only. Uh, Both arrived here and started playing when they were 18-year-old kids. Both spoke virtually no English when they arrived. Uh, came from, you know, French-speaking Quebec, Yep. had almost no grasp of the English language, and now when you hear, at that point in his career with Ray Bork, now with Patrice Bergeron at this point of his career, you think, God, he's been here his whole life, hasn't he? His whole professional life he has been, but... uh,
0: 18 uh, when he played his first game for the Bruins, right? 18 or
1: 19? Yep, 18.
0: And he was taken in, was was it Marty LaPointe? Who, uh, Marty Lapointe took who him, in, him out.
1: kind of uh, showed him the ropes, yep. and and he lived with Marty's family, and and uh, it, it it was the perfect introduction for an 18 year old kid into the National Hockey League. He is truly one of the leaders of this team, and one of the inspirational figures of this team. And I know how low key he talks, and how you know unemotional he sounds. He's not like that when he's in the dressing room.
0: Why why are those guys and uh, uh, guys like Bergeron, in your opinion? Why do those guys continue to be, um, you know, underrated sounds like a, it's a cliche, but for lack of a, a better word, why why does this guy remain underrated? Like you hear some people say over and over, okay? Hockey people say he does everything right. He's a two-way player. He could be this if he played in another system, he could be that. So all the people who follow him, all the people who play with him, all the people, all the people who coach him say he's a great player, so why does he, why does he continue to be an underrated
1: player? Because he's not flashy. He doesn't toot his own horn. He's not riding his stick out to center ice after he scores a goal. He's not calling out other teams. He, you know, he Is he's, that he's not chirping. He just goes out and does his job in an understated, professional way. Treats people professionally. Plays the game professionally. You know, never out of place. Never out of position. Never says a word out of line. That doesn't get you a lot of headlines in, in the National Hockey League or in any other professional sport.
0: but there are some guys in the, in the NHL who don't do that and they still get uh, they still get recognized as being great players
1: yeah it's just not as easy to do with may- not- maybe,
0: maybe it's just the nature of his game is that you know you, if, you're, if you're good at everything if you're just very good at everything and not just a sim- simply a goal scorer. Like maybe if he if he neglected other parts of his game and said, ah, damn it, I'm just gonna score. I'm gonna show I'm gonna show these he suckers could score I 40. Got. I'm gonna score forty. He probably would get more credit.
1: I would much rather have Patrice Bergeron on my team than Alexander Ovechkin. So who I mean scores 50?
0: I'm even going to go with him. I would much, rather, go with him all the time. much
1: rather have Patrice Your Bergeron. daughter
0: still has that shirt I gave her a while ago?
1: <laughs> she does, actually. Does she? Okay. 617-779. We have, to,
0: we have to tell people what that says when we come
1: back. We will, yeah. <laughs> 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. If you'd like to join us, we can talk Patrice Bergeron. We can talk about the Boston Bruins. Uh, we can talk about the Red Sox if you'd prefer that. But I have a feeling hockey fans want a chance to gloat a little bit about what happened yesterday. You have just heard from Patrice Uh, We're broadcasting live from the Globe Cafe and Bar on Boylston Street. It's Dale and Holly, Sports Radio, WEEI.